section thirty of violet osborne this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit librivox dot org violet osborne by lady emily ponsonby volume three chapter two unless he is in love with some woman there is no believing old signs much ado about nothing before the plans for his new school were well settled lionel's time was much occupied the autumn had been rainy and in a violent storm in the middle of november the river rose above its banks and the whole low-lying country was flooded one or two villages belonging to lord ashford suffered terribly and as after the floods abated a hard frost long and severe set in there was great distress in the whole country it was a poor district fertile but improvident and though because fertile a moderate share of comfort was generally enjoyed any casual grievance became a grievance indeed changing comfortable poverty into beggary lord ashford could not bear to see distress and though his finances had suffered in common with those of his poorer neighbours he was anxious to relieve them to the utmost of his power he did not like trouble but he gave lionel a commission to inquire into the circumstances of his tenantry and to relieve them as he thought best lionel entered zealously into the work and he found ready help around him mr pope was extremely annoyed at the state of things that distress distress beyond the power of any man entirely to relieve should exist in his parish in that delightful country whose air he breathed was the circumstances as unforeseen as unpleasing he felt personally insulted and could only bear the shame by remarking three or four times each day to all who would hear but especially to violet that it was an exceptional year in the whole course of his acquaintance with the country he had never known so much rain to fall and never had experienced so hard a frost his injured feelings however did not destroy his kindly ones and he gave liberally both time and money violet felt her poverty and smarted under the sting it was long since she had ceased to mourn over the loss of riches for her own sake but now had she but been as she once had been where would poverty have been found it seemed hard that she who would have melted her own self had she been made of gold to give to the suffering should not now with all her desires have more than a mite to give she sighed and resolved that since money could not be given she would indeed give herself very zealously therefore did she help lionel in any and every part of his work that could be undertaken by another among other projects a shop for the sale of provisions at an under cost price was established in holywell this was a great boon for the town was five miles distant and the small retail shops in the district were short of money charged high prices and gave bad goods the shop was held for some hours three times a week and was almost entirely managed accountants and money to provide better ones both being scarce by violet and ida with lionel's and mr pope's occasional help the frost continued with one or two breaks 
during the whole of december and the early part of january and with the frost the suffering and distress and with the distress the hard working of all who were anxious to relieve it the severe weather was at its height when albert ellis wrote to propose a few days visit he wrote to mrs osborne and his letter ended thus i came back to london from a long visit in norfolk where though cold enough the sun was brilliant and the sky blue i found london foggy as well as cold and as dismal looking as can be imagined i thought it unbearable till i heard a piece of good news which made its dull features become charming tell violet that i have a piece of good news to tell her in which she is interested as well as i mrs osborne read the letter aloud and without any definite thought till she saw the crimson glow which dyed her daughter's cheeks a definite idea did then present itself and though she quietly said poor albert and his news what can he have to tell she after that one observation suffered the subject to drop but all the day long she questioned with herself what that blush had meant what violet could expect and what albert intended to convey no less perplexed was violet yet that albert should have good news to tell her that was unconnected with lustre never so much as swept over the mirror of her fancy what so sweet as the author of nathalie says prettily as a nameless joy and such a vague inspiring brightness was that which quickened violet's elastic step and shone in her sparkling eye albert arrived just before luncheon an accident having forced him to lose half a day and sleep on the road mrs osborne and violet were in the drawing-room and after they had warmed and comforted the cold traveller he turned from his seat in the fire and said are you not curious violet don't you want to hear my news violet's heart whirled about she wished albert would not speak so openly but after a moment she conquered and stilled herself sufficiently to say oh yes very curious what can it be why it is rather a singular thing i must tell you an unexpected thing to hear from a stranger in india he rubbed his hands and violet's heart beat as if it would burst now prepare well violet it is no less than a legacy of twenty thousand pounds between you and me is that all she said turning pale with the bitterness of the disappointment that all he cried staring at her and even mrs osborne opened her eyes why violet our circumstances yours and mine are not such i can tell you that we need scorn five hundred pounds a year and that is what it will be for it's well invested i can tell you i though i am not mercenary was so elated that i could not sleep who is it from violet asked while she was collecting her thoughts from that old that friend of yours aunt elizabeth poor old fellow he's dead mr woodroffe his name was i think don't you remember violet oh yes i remember he fell in love with you i saw that at the time but why he so kindly thought of me is more than i can guess his will is dated two days after your birthday but guess or not i am thankful which is more than it seems you are but violet meanwhile had received the import of his words into her heart and her feelings had undergone a change 
she now spoke earnestly enough i am not ungrateful albert but i am overwhelmed and ashamed i did not deserve this i was so cross and discontented when the change of fortune came that i do not deserve this should come to me and whether from previous agitation or from the genuine feeling of the moment a large tear fell from her eye does papa know she continued springing up i must go and tell him and she left the room albert looked at his aunt as much as to say that is a curious young woman but she did not respond to the gaze he saw that she would make a good use of his money she said softly poor darling i am so thankful it has come to her so am i and i hope it will make you all comfortable it will indeed now whether we live or die she is provided for my poor old friend i thank him much and dear albert i am so glad and so grateful for your good fortune too good fortune you may well call it aunt elizabeth it is a sort of luck i had long given up dreaming of i can say like violet that i don't deserve it for i have been very steady and industrious of late and as much as a poor mortal man can ever be said to deserve anything i do deserve a little praise but we don't always get it and i am sure i never thought of having it mr and mrs osborne were relieved by this event from many anxious parental fears and cares and seeing their joy violet gave a readier admission to rejoicing and gratitude in her own heart she had learnt by experience something of the dangers of riches and had a dread of them she had felt that poverty was a very necessary discipline to her peculiar disposition necessary for the preservation within her of anything of a lowly mind and she had tried very sincerely to receive the discipline and profit by it this sudden accession of wealth for wealth it was to those who had been rich and had learnt how to be poor startled and also humbled her she no longer felt what once she had felt and often said that they must be naturally mean who by the possession of money were made proud she knew better now what the word pride meant and felt by experience that it was the freedom the power to please ourselves whatever that pleasure selfish or unselfish may be which causes the temper of mind which makes riches dangerous she knew this now and doubting herself was humbled and trembled but unselfish thoughts forced their way and soon turned the fears it brought to rapture the increased good that could be done with it the added comforts to her parents before twenty-four hours were over she was dreaming sweet dreams and her disappointment that momentary but bitter disappointment was chased away under their bright influence albert remained only for two or three days the last day of his stay was one of the days on which the shop was held in holywell he was anxious to walk with violet to a place at some distance and she promised if she could possibly be spared altogether or as soon as she could be spared to take a holiday and go with him on arriving at the place a kind of storehouse lent by a farmer and fitted up tolerably comfortably for the purpose she found that ida was there alone and albert sat down by the fire patiently to wait till she could be free violet told her wishes to ida and asked if mr vane was likely to come 
and would be likely to be at liberty to take her work he said yesterday he would look in she replied and then added smiling and i think he is sure to come because he is curious to see your cousin there is nothing remarkable in poor albert is there oh no violet only a new person you know ida apologized there was a great deal of business and violet and ida were soon fully employed in the midst of it lionel entered violet was occupied with the purchaser and did not move lionel took a slight survey of albert bowed to him stiffly but civilly and went and stood by ida her account book was lying open and as he stood by he ran over it with his eyes this is wrong ida he said you have entered this item twice and you have put down several shillings too much he spoke with authority how stupid i am ida said without examination or defence i will put it right in a moment violet was always quick to hear when ida was reproved and if need be to take up the cudgels in her defence she left her purchaser and came to ida's side wait a moment ida i don't think it is wrong for i looked over the book a quarter of an hour ago did you lionel said quickly then i may be wrong yes violet showed triumphantly ida is right that item as you call it is not the same though i must own it looks as if it was see it is all right yes i see he said penitently i beg your pardon for having given you so much trouble and i beg yours ida he added i make so many mistakes that you have good reason to suspect me i am afraid she said in her usual gentle manner you depreciate yourself violet observed you are not very quick yet that only comes with practice but you are very correct and she returned to her purchaser lionel leaned on the counter which had been erected and watched idly for a few moments the various groups in the room ida then touched his arm and asked in a low voice if he could stay and take violet's place if you can violet wishes very much to go and walk with her cousin he looked round quickly and curiously again at albert but after a moment's consideration said oh yes and walked across the room to violet you wish to be released miss osborne pray do not stay one moment longer than you please i will take your place and fill it as well as i can can you really stay thank you then i shall certainly be glad to have this one holiday i hope it is not inconvenient no it is not but if it were you have done so much for me in all my plans that i should only be thankful to feel a little inconvenience for you in return violet laughed and thanked him then showed him her book this poor woman is buying for several families she says it will be a long sum when it is done i hope to finish with her but there seems no end to her wants you distrust my powers for the long sum he said playfully as he took her place violet spoke a few words to ida put on her bonnet and she and albert set off for their walk that is a nice girl violet he observed as they walked along my uncle tells me that a marriage is projected between her and mr vane so papa told me i cannot think where he hears his news mr vane will be lucky if it is so i have seen very little of her 
but i think i am a pretty good judge and i think she is a thoroughly good girl she is indeed violet said warmly she is the sort of girl that would suit you albert so i was thinking if i was not pre-engaged i should be afraid to be much in her company engaged my dear albert are you engaged not bodily i meant in my thoughts my fancy or whatever you please to call it have you no guess to whom my thoughts are engaged none whatever how should i oh yes with a sudden thought and a sudden flush overspreading her cheeks i do guess margaret lester i remember i used to think of that right of course i should not have dreamed of mentioning it if i had been as i was but this poor old fellow's kindness gives me the power of making a settlement and if she comes back to england free i shall take my chance you have still some time to wait violet said constrainedly not long i hope i expect them home this spring or summer violet's heart stood still with rapture and surprise for a moment she could say nothing but strong effort and the determination to show no emotion drew from her the observation in an indifferent tone so soon the six years would be out in june six since lester left england at least how time passes i once thought those six years would never be gone i believe there have been deaths and changes and that lester was offered a better thing if he would stay out there however he has made up his mind to come home lester returning and albert possibly becoming his brother-in-law how radiant looked the future to violet how far more glorious than summer sunshine the cold frosty light of the closing january day you are sure margaret is unmarried violet asked after a short pause yes one or two are married but she is not was not at least man is sure of nothing and now let us have done with it i thought i would mention it before i went but the less said on such things the better what were we saying before oh i know miss hamilton and mr vane my dear violet will you without thinking me interfering allow me to give you a small piece of advice most certainly she said gaily anything you will well then it struck me i hardly know why it just passed through my head as i was sitting there that mr vane is or might be in love with you and if you don't intend to have it so i advise you not to encourage him mr vane in love with me my dear albert what an idea i don't say it is so i only say it struck me and i could not be easy without giving you a hint don't be angry it is well-meant advice i am not angry much more amused than angry i am very much obliged for advice when there is reason in it but this there is really no sense in the idea i cannot see any want of reason or sense you are a young woman and he is a young man and i believe it is not usually considered very nonsensical when young men and women take to each other young men and young women have nothing to do with this question it is impossible what you think can be true i cannot tell you my reasons but i have reasons for saying so if you have that is enough i do not want to set myself up as an infallible judge i merely spoke my thought and let us change the subject how cold it is 
i always heard devonshire had a mild climate but this evening surpasses the cold of siberia can you step out a little as fast as you please don't let mr pope hear your complaints and they walked at a pace which brought them to the cottage with tingling feet and cheeks glowing as in the days of infancy with so much that was of a more interesting nature to occupy her thoughts and dreamings it was not strange that albert's piece of advice was forgotten the quick walk effaced it from her memory and it did not so much as once recur again End of volume three, chapter two.